Hey, welcome to another episode of Storied Arcs. I am your co-host, Mike. And I'm your co-host, Alex. And today we are coming at you with Caper Girls, Volume 3. In other words, issues 11 to 15. You like that? I got it right. It's only five issues. Hey, well, you, you, you know, third time's a charm. There's something seriously broken with my brain that I just think six issues every single time. Uh, no need to recap, because if you missed Volumes 1 and 2, just go back and listen to the past two episodes. So we're going to dump dive straight in to 11,706 BC for this story arc. I think I said at the end of the last one that I was pretty sure it was in the past. I know they go to the past and it most certainly is set in the past. What it's, uh, I, I think we should maybe even start before we get into the weeds. Uh, what did you think of this one? And maybe rate uh, the first two volumes as well. Maybe a scale one to five or something. No, that's tough. Um, I think, uh, boy, I think so far, I think I really enjoyed the second arc. I think it's, I don't know if it's my favorite of the arcs, but I, I, I really like the interaction specifically between, you know, 1988 Aaron and 2016 Aaron. I think some of the, those are some of the, the, the best moments of the entire series. And so, and definitely to date so far. So I, I think I would put two, uh, the, the, the second arc is my favorite so far. Um, and then I think I would go one and then three. And, and that's not to disparage this current arc here, but, uh, I, you know, I don't think there, there are a lot of, a lot of big things presented in this arc. It's a lot of building on, on what, what they've, what they've shown already. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of the exposition here is, is, is about the, the nature of time travel in the story and how it, functions or at least how the characters thinks it functions um and 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 how it's then presented to us the reader um so i, I think there's a there's a lot to get through especially you know we'll, i'm sure we'll get to uh the new character dr bronstein who is the quote-unquote inventor of time travel or, or at least the first person of time travel a lot of her scenes are about um the the, the nature of of being in the past and potentially affecting the future and her mindset around some of that. So it's a lot of things that they've presented um, and kind of shown um, in the first couple, first couple arcs, but you, you, you really get a lot more of it and they really kind of double down on that here. Um, and I think, but also there there's in volume three, there's a lot, it does a lot of setup too. For those that may have read, if you've read further down, if you've read the whole series, uh, again, we're not going to try to spoil that for you here if you're reading along, but just know that volume three is, is heavy on, um, they're laying a lot of, yeah, on, on things that you're going to come back to. Um, so, so it's not, I don't think it's, that's why I don't think it's doing a lot in and of for itself, but it's doing a lot for, the overall story they're telling because there are a lot of things that, um, that frankly go unanswered. You know, you, you meet characters and see things that, that are just kind of presented now. Um, and, and then, you know, much like the other arcs at the end of the end of this arc, they, the, our four protagonists are, are hurtled through time again. And so, you know, we, we, we leave this time period. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a lot that you're going to come back to, I think, in this volume, um, that maybe looking back on it, you realize how important it was, uh, in the larger sense, but maybe, maybe a little less so in a, in a standalone, uh, uh, uh reading. Yeah, I and I actually would rank them the exact same way. In fact, I I seem to recall this being my least favorite of all the arcs. And again, I like it, 
but it feels like it doesn't have a there's not like a great arc within these five issues uh, yeah, um, yeah 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 and i think it actually feels a little similar to the first one so the first one uh first story arc is is not my favorite the second one is way up there yeah. for the same reasons as you uh the first one you meet the characters kind of you know that you're in a world where there's time travel, but you're not sure you're on a time travel adventure until like the last panel. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, Oh snap, these, these girls are going through time. Yeah. I'm here for it now. Uh, and then, uh, arc two, you definitely get that. You can see people coming from the future. Your girls have been hurled into the future, uh, which was our present at the time it was written. Uh, so you get a little more sense of like, okay, here are the mechanics of the story, and this is how the narrative advances, uh, and here are kind of the stakes. Yeah. Uh, and they establish stakes uh, for the characters, um, whereas this one kind of goes back to the formula of the first story, which is like we're setting up the next couple things here, yeah. uh, and it's not uninteresting, but it's not – it's not quite as much of a page turner. I think part of that maybe is because you know, in in the second in the second arc, technically we don't meet any new characters, quote unquote. Our new characters are older versions of of or or there's an older or version clone, of Aaron, yeah. a clone version of Aaron, and I guess we we see Missy, uh, you know, Aaron's younger sister. But here, you know, there is we meet we meet Wari, we meet her son. Joppo, we meet Dr. Bronstein, we have the uh, the three men who are chasing after them. So there's a lot of other stuff thrown in here that I think when you're reading it in, in the time, you're thinking, okay, well, we know we're following, at this point, you can make the fairly safe assumption that we're going to follow these girls through time. They're the ones hurtling through time. And so anyone you meet here, you know, you don't know how much they're going to affect the story down the line as you're reading it. You know, so, you know, right. and, and, and I also think it's fairly safe to, to, I don't think this is a spoiler here, but like, we're not revisiting, like, they're not coming back to 11,706 BC, BCE, you know, so each, each location is fairly, fairly unique. Um, so meeting all these other kind of new people in the story, it does feel, had that feel that first issue, that, that first arc, because everything is new and it's new to, to, the reader and to and to our protagonist. Well, again, in that second arc, they're really just dealing with they're grappling with the idea of like that's an older version of myself. It's not some random person we haven't met yet. Right, and I think that was my problem the first time I read the first volume was I was like, okay, well, we got these four girls and these two teenagers. Do I need to remember their names? Are they are they serving this issue or are they coming back again and again? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then one of them, like, gets shot, and you're like, okay, I guess I didn't need them. Yeah. But their name, they're, like, name dropped through the rest of the series. Yes, yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're, so their presence they cast is a long yeah. shadow. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's something that you can, you, can, you can look back at that when you look back at this arc, knowing that, okay, well, people aren't, people aren't, um, characters aren't introduced and named uh, for no reason. You know, I think you right. can, I think that that's a, a safe assumption that, 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 if you're being shown this, it's going to be important. However, reading it in a standalone arc, it admittedly doesn't feel important in isolation. You know, it's, it, it, yeah. it, it, and I think that that does hurt uh, uh, this specific volume, uh, especially in relation to the first two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so 
Uh, now that we've said it's our least favorite, let's <laughs> let's we've really uh, you know wet everyone's appetite. Absolutely. Uh, let, but again, let's dig in. We chose this as our first story because we love every page of this book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. nothing to diminish. Our, that. our least uh, favorite volume of uh of this of this of this story of our favorite is, is still yeah. yeah is still way up there in in the in the grand scheme of uh of of the medium. Right. That's like saying Last Jedi is my least favorite of the original trilogy. Yeah. It's like. I don't have a least favorite. I wore out the cassette tapes yeah. uh, and had to buy another set of them yeah. uh, when I was a kid. So anyway. Wait, The Last opened. Jedi? Wait, what? What? The, the, on a cassette? You mean- No, no, Return of the Jedi. You said Last Jedi. I meant to say. Oh, I, I've only seen Last Jedi once, I think. Well, The Last Jedi is incredible. We're not having that conversation here. We, we're, we, 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 can, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can table that for something else, but no. I, yeah, yeah, we would have to, we'd have to like read a, like the, the sole Star Wars run or something. Yeah, as yeah. It's like a pretext for diving into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the Star Wars comics are Marvel property. We're trying to avoid the big two, so yeah. maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but I've never read a Star Wars comic. There are, so. I can say uh, there's a lot of them, but – Ever since, I know there's a lot. Ever since, a lot ever of since, money. ever since Marvel took over and in starting in 2015, um, they're hitting a really, really high average. They're really, really good books. They put some incredible creators on them who uh, have done a lot of work. Um, a lot of the kind of work that Dave Filoni has done, where it's like you put someone in charge and they're kind of mending things uh, that maybe didn't really work in some of the the movies they're kind of glossing over and not glossing over but they're revisiting things and, and trying to make them work in a better context so they're really really good if you're if you're out here listening if you're a star wars fan uh and you haven't read any of the comics i definitely suggest uh you know uh you know marvel limit or something like that somewhere where where those comics are available maybe your your library or something there's a lot of comics to read but they're really really good so yeah, my inclination would be to start with Jason Aaron. Anything he's done, just because I love Jason Aaron. Very much so. Yeah, I know there's yeah. a lot of talented creators. Absolutely. There. So. Okay, so Paper Girls. This time, just like Book One, we open with a dream sequence. Uh, however, we've now shifted from primarily following Aaron through the first two volumes to now following KJ, who we were robbed of in the second volume because she was just gone. Well, she was here uh, in uh, eleven. 706 BCE the whole time. Well, that's true. Yeah, she was uh, she was off screen, yes. off panel. Um, so uh, now that we have established that dreams will be a recurring theme, and there are two Aaron dreams, I believe, in volume one. One uh, that opens the book and one when she is unconscious being treated. Yes, after she's been uh, shot. That's right. Yes. Yes. So she has another dream too. And so it's like, okay, let's pause and talk about how creators use dreams to tell stories. Uh, and so in just, I was just going through my graphic novel shelf and my fiction shelf and just jotting things down as they occurred to me. Here are all the things I can think of that, uh, and this is not going to be an impressive list, uh, but this is all the things I can think of that writers use it for. Uh, one would be uh, a character's wishes, a character's fears, uh, repressed desires, foreshadowing, flashbacking, uh, premonitions, which is uh, similar to foreshadowing, uh, or reflection. And really the last category, I think it was uh, Freud who had this theory, which I know most of Freud has been wildly debunked. Uh, however, from a literary standpoint, we can still use it. But he, uh, he referred to the day's residue. 
And I once heard, uh, which is just whatever was churning in your mind all day long gets regurgitated in your dreams. Not necessarily what happened, but what you're fixated on, what's in your heart of hearts. Uh, and so I heard someone talking about that, you know, in reference to like Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat. It's like, you know, he has this dream at the beginning uh, that he has all these lavish riches and his brothers hate him. And he's like, why do you hate me? I just had a dream. And presumably the assumption is some type of Freudian days residue uh, where his, his brothers must be using to say like, you had this dream because you think you're all that. You think you're better than us. Uh, right. Uh, which whether that's true or not, that's what at least his brothers were using. So uh, there are all those things. What is BKV doing here in the, I'm trying to think. In 56, 57 issues of Saga, I don't know if there's one dream sequence. Oh, that's a good so it's, question. It's not like a staple for him. No, no. Um, it, it, um, I think there are some dream sequences in Why the Last Man. I think there are. Okay. Um, saga, you would think there are. But I, I, I think part of that, though... Um, I think part of what you may, maybe why you don't see it in, in something like Saga is because, you know, the narrative style is different. You have, you have a narration character. Yeah. It's um, all being told from the future. Yes. Yeah. It, it's told, it, it, it's all being told as flashback. It's being relayed as this is something that's already happened in the past. Um, and, you know, you know, Paper Girls doesn't have a narrator. There is no point in which any character has thoughts in their head that aren't spoken out loud. There's no text boxes, anything like that. Right. Um, so I, you know, I think what he's doing here, um, you know, we, we talk about the specifics that are in the dreams, but when we see what's the, 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 the two times that Aaron has done it and now here in KJ, uh, to, to open this arc, to open issue 11, I, I think it's his way of, of, of just getting in their heads and saying, you know, showing, literally showing this is what they're thinking. This is the things that are going on because there is no other delivery for that in, in, you know, the way they've chose to chosen to tell the story. Yeah. And I think that's perfectly valid. Uh, and it, it pains me to do this, but in one of my all time favorite book series, uh, Harry Potter, I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, I've never understood. And I don't like reread it often, but I've never understood like why they bothered to cover dream sequences in like the first book in the philosopher's stone. Like, I think his first night at school, he has a dream about Quirrell's turban coming to life as snakes and attacking him. And then Snape pops up and then he wakes up and doesn't remember the dream. Yeah. And it's like, so he doesn't remember the dream. So it's just for the reader. Just for the reader. Yeah. yeah. And what was that supposed to do? Just clue us off to what Harry, you know, Harry's suspicious of these two people. I, I, uh, I guess. Which I think we already got. And so to me, it was just kind of lazy and bad. Well, well, because especially later in the series, when he has... Well, in book five. Well, later in the I mean, series, they become meaningful. Well, his dreams actually become visions of what he's seeing through the eyes of Voldemort and 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 Nagini. So right. he's not having dreams anymore he, because the the in the first book he's actually having a dream, you know. Um, right. and 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 there's also the dream of 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 in like the opening chapters he's dream of an he's in a flying car. Or whatever, or flying motorcycle, whatever. Uh, yes. You know, which, yeah. which is that's something from his past. So, yes. yeah, it, it, they that's a the the it's like the nature of dreams and their importance changed through the book as the story needed it to. 
Um, you know, so, so, and, and so it, the, there, there really isn't a consistency there. Well, and dreams can mean more than one thing. They, they, right? yeah, I don't, oh, yeah, I don't yeah, mean to say yeah. that a writer has to pick one yeah, lane yeah. and stay there. Well, uh, well, but I want to get a sense of like, well, typically so, when you write a dream sequence, what did you have in yeah, mind to communicate? Yeah. Well, and I, and so you say that and I agree, but I think when you are writing fiction, there needs to be some consistency in, in what you use in terms of, your literary devices in terms of your illusions that if you introduce something, you know, at the beginning that this is what, this is what it is and why it's important and how it affects the characters. I, I don't think it's, it's too much to expect that that continues that, 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 that same level of importance. If you're going to introduce that, uh, you know, to, to, to keep that going throughout fiction, even throughout the story, even though obviously dreams can mean whatever, unless you establish that dreams can mean whatever, um, and that, that the the meaning can always shift. Then you know I, I think I'm 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 a little more accepting of that. But if you're going to say or show that they have um, a certain level of importance or a certain level of meaning, um, I, I think as a reader you should be able to expect that throughout. And you know, not saying that that's like the worst thing in Harry Potter that that changes there because it you know author can can change their minds to suit their story reasons. And that's exactly what happens. The dreams then become visions. They don't become dreams anymore. And at that point, I think we stopped talking about dreams. I don't think the only dreams that I ever mentioned are the things that Harry thinks are dreams because they come to him in his sleep. So, right. Yeah. So, and there's a difference here already. Uh, you know, there's the Aaron dream opens the book with her kind of in space dealing yeah. with an astronaut yeah. Uh, which kind of turns to horror, and that is the common theme, is that these dreams all turn to horror. Uh, KJ's, however, seems to start, it's couched in a real memory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that takes a turn. Mm -hmm. And it looks like she was bullied pretty badly, mm -hmm. uh, but has always had a strong spine, yeah. stood up for herself, was willing to fight back, uh, but had this older guide mentor who was either some kind of nun or just kindly. I I, I uh, think that well, it, probably not a nun. I, yeah, not, yeah, probably not a nun. I was about to say. In fact, I could say with certainty, definitely not a nun. Yeah, no, no, I, I, gonna, I, I do believe I do. I believe never clean that up in post, but I think <laughs> everybody deserves a good laugh. So. I, I do believe I do believe that is her grandmother. She refers to her by by oh, that's right. a slang, you know, uh, bub. Uh, I don't know if that's a a, a, a certain specific term uh, for for a grandmother, but I do believe it is her grandmother. But we also established that she had a bat mitzvah, right? Yes, yeah. So, so, so or we, we yeah. To. Well, yeah. We we know KJ is Jewish, and and obviously the 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 scene opens with with uh, again very similar to um, our introduction to uh, to Mac in the first issue. You know, in the script, there's a you know pretty terrible derogatory slur, which is meant to invoke a reaction uh from the reader and and you 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 get right away that um and you sense right away like you say that this isn't the first time for kg if this is an actual memory uh which it seems to be you know they're on the field hockey uh uh field i guess is it a, a pitch i don't know what we call it in field hockey um but you know you know she's getting bullied by these three girls and 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 it, it seems to be something that she's uh familiar with and then yes yeah, she sees her her grandmother come down and say you know basically you know you got to kind of kind of you know rise above be better than that you know well and save your hate for the real mom yeah 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 which we take as uh, figurative yes yeah, uh, yeah especially seeing her arm mm -hmm. uh and then it turns to be quite literal yeah. 
And the interest, the, another interesting component is once those bully girls turn to monsters, they sort of resemble the teens from the future, and they're definitely speaking the language. Absolutely. The yeah, 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 yeah. Let me uh, hold on. Uh, let me pull up here. Um, the translator. Yeah. Let me pull up my. Let's see here. I should have had that ready. Uh, let's see. But yeah, no. So I, does the, 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 the translator they're, tell you like page and panel? Uh, or yeah. Do, yeah. Or is it like a decoder ring it, where you have to do it yourself? It is issue and panel. So we are. Um, ah, so. Um, be issue eleven. Yeah. So uh, this is very fitting for uh, what happens visually here. Uh, she shouts, "Period." Ah, yeah, which is very literal. And yep. then, because obviously, then uh, you know, she is then kind of drowning in blood. It's very uh, it's very out of the shining. Um, but and you know, there, there's two things there. You know, what she's saying is, "Help!" She's not breathing, Daddy. She's not. You know, she she's right, which is a callback to her cousin. Yes, yeah, we, 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 which we find out. Uh, you know, uh, what I think. Uh, a page or two later that she uh she watched her cousin drown when she was in first grade so you know about you know like so 12 so like five six years ago um so she she watched that happen and, and there's a feeling of helplessness there but obviously you know later in the issue um we see kj get her period so the the flowing of blood and all of that is is it's, it's a it has a you know a double meaning there in terms of what's playing out in her head uh presumably subconsciously Right. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, since we're moving through the panels now, we'll just keep going. Somehow Aaron brought with her a uh, Cleveland preserver. I mean, they are paper girls and she's got one on her. Well, they they, they, they make mention a couple times that, that Aaron, Aaron has her bag with her. Um, they, they, she, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she insisted on bringing her bag with the paper still in it, the, the undelivered papers. Um, and so she brought it with her. She had it on them in, in 2016 and, and now continues to have it with her in, uh, in 11706 BCE. So. so she's many, many thousands of years early yes. for that delivery. Yes. But, uh, okay. So anything to this time travel clues being in the comic strip? Honestly, not that we would spoil it anyway, but I don't recall that if that ever comes up again or not. Uh, well, I, I, again, I, I think it's one of those things where they talk about. Um, she mentions the fact that the uh, Heck and Nando mentioned in passing that that right. the uh, there was something in the specifically in, in the funny papers. And if you look there at the uh, the um, the comic on the uh, on the top of the page, there it's called Frank and Tomata. Uh, and later at the end of the at the end of the arc here. Um, that name, yes, there's a reference that name, to that. The name is referenced again um, as the uh, you know dealing with the um, the Apple device that uh, Dr. Bronstein Jerry rigs into a kind of like a, a psychic weapon. So I, I think it's something that that you would definitely keep an eye on. Um, although at this point you would have no idea why it's important, but the fact that they've brought it up again and that Aaron thinks it's important, uh, I, I think that should tip you off that that it's something to 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 stow away uh, in the back of your head for now um, with the idea that at some point, like I said, this arc lays a lot of groundwork. So again, if you're reading along and haven't read on, I think these are, these are things, you know, anything that's, that's drawn attention to kind of like more than once, I think is a sign that, Hey, you know, this is something that could be important down the line um, because I, 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 I don't think 
BKV is the kind of writer to to do things idly to to drop in information like that. Right. Idly. He's not throwing. Yeah, he's not throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff you see in uh, ongoing story arcs, which frankly is yeah. why I prefer limited series, yeah. even when they're thirty issue limited yeah. series. Everything just feels tighter, uh, yeah. and I feel the same way about you know that's I prefer generally movies to TV series because uh, especially network TV series that uh, will just you know they get through their initial idea very quickly and then they're just throwing stuff at the wall yeah and they hit good stretches bad stretches but. The goal is to just keep it going as long as possible. Yeah. That is not BKV's game. No, well, and, and, yes, and, and, and that—that's the difference between you know your kind of big two ongoing stuff is that the reason that Batman and Spider Man and Superman and the Avengers and Justice League all that stuff gets rebooted constantly. People complain about it, but the whole idea is y- you get someone and tell their story, and they run out and they they, they go and they tell their story, and you're not going to end Batman. So what do you do? You bring someone else on to tell another story. And, and however long it goes, whether it's a hundred issues, whether it's 50, whether it's 40, whether it's 10, it's just the, that train has to keep moving. And so a lot of it is sometimes you throw something out there and maybe you never get back to it. And maybe the next writer never gets back to it. But then maybe a writer five years from now picks up the next issue and was like, you know what? That was kind of a neat idea. I'm going to do something with that. But maybe it wasn't the thing that the original writer had anything to do with. You know, it's just an idea that was planted. But it, that's true, it, it, and that is the rewarding stuff yeah, in those ongoing yeah. arcs. I'm not saying I don't yeah. like them. But, in but, fact, I've got a few. Like, I have a short list of things. I'm like, uh, I don't know if you remember. Um, it's like issue 44, 45 of New Fifty Two Batman with Mister Bloom. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, man, I loved Mister Bloom, and it was like a villain that they created for like a two issue, yeah. like a gap fill. Yeah. And then just never addressed again. And I'm like, he's still out there. Yeah, well, he, Somebody he, pick well, him up and use him. He's come back a little. I think he's come back in like, I think he, I think, uh, I think Tiny and Tynan used him in Justice League Dark a little bit, uh, as, as kind of a villain for, uh, the green, uh, which is the, the realm of, of, of Swamp Thing. Um, so it, 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 it's out there, but it didn't come back in Batman. And, but that's, again, right. it's one of those things that, um, it, that's all based on potential. You, you, you see that you're like, Oh, maybe that could be cool. And then you have no idea if it's ever going to pay off when you're looking at something. Um, and it, it typically right. is. And I, prefer, yeah. I prefer writing where the writer has the setup and the payoff. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they know the payoff when they're right to set up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, uh, I, said, I, I don't know how BKV like my writes favorite scripts, TV writer is Aaron Sorkin, yeah. and he never knew where he was going with anything no, until the week of. No, never, never. And, said, uh, and I, so. I don't know how BKV writes his scripts. If he's someone who who you know writes them, you know, plots everything out for a whole arc, and then writes his scripts, you know, because he 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 very much it seems like he has at least the ten thousand foot view. I, I, I would think so starts. because he 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 very much writes to the trade again, whether they're five or six issue arcs, whatever it is, he, he very much has the idea of when I release this next set of, of books, this is going to be one cohesive arc and there's going to be a break. There's going to be another one. So in my mind, I, I believe he has to at least have the whole arc. Like when he's sitting down and looking at what this arc in, in, in prehistoric times is going to be, he knows what this is. He knows where it's going to start, what the important things are going to be and where it's going to end to set up what his next arc is going to be. And maybe he doesn't have the next arc hundred percent planned out yet, but he has an idea of what's important to highlight in the third one. So we can allow him to do the things he kind of has in mind for 
arcs down the line. So I don't think anything's intentional. I don't think he does anything to just, well, we'll see what happens. And then if something hits, oh, I'll pick that up later for, uh, for, uh, uh, another arc. I think he already knows in his mind what's going to be important. Um, yeah. and, and tends to stick with that. Again, it's possible I'm giving him too much credit, but I think I've read, I don't, I, yeah, I've, I've read enough, enough BKV. I read enough of his stuff, um, especially his creator. And you've stuff. read enough people doing it the other way. Yes. I mean, yeah. that's, it's yeah. the, it's the both. That's true. Uh, so, uh, and I think this issue, by the way, confirms your, uh, well, this story arc anyway confirms, uh, your pitch for the, the time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Because Aaron certainly takes your point of view. Yes. Yeah. Which is she she's writing on the hockey stick and someone asks her why. Yeah. And she's like, because I already did it. Yeah. And, and cause, cause I, <laughs> it's yeah. already done. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, and, so the, the, the idea that because I mean, so for, for them, just a few hours earlier, they just had this whole confusion about who is other Aaron, you know? And so right. as Aaron is carving the stick, like she knows it's going to cause she knows what's going to happen. That, that, that she's going to see this stick and they're not going to know what other Aaron means. But at the same right. time, she kind of inherently knows, well, I have to do that because we have to have that confusion because we have to end up here. Otherwise, if I do something different, how do we end up here? So the idea right. that she's doing it because she's already done it and, and Dr. Bronstein later, um, in the issue says a, a, a very similar thing after she's been captured and she's strung up by the, the three, the three men, she starts a recording and she says, like, if anyone hears this, um, back in, I think 2055, I think that's the year she comes from. She says, you know, you, you have to, you have to stop the test. You have to, whatever you do, you have to stop the test, stop me from going back in time because it seems that us meddling with time has caused all these artifacts to, to, to leak through. And she even admits, but there are people on her team who would probably say you can't do that because you've already done it. So it sounds like, yeah, yeah it sounds like her whole team. In fact, yeah, her, that she's yeah, got the, the, the minority there, report there, 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 there's a, a fatalism to it that, that you can't stop it because you're already here. The fact that you're here giving the message saying, don't do this means you can't because you, you you can't change the past. So yeah, there it appears we're operating and again this goes along with what Hekinando told the girls that your end is your end. So just looking at that saying that you know your your end is fixed implies that all the events leading up to it have to be fixed as well, presumably. So the idea that yeah. you know you know Aaron has to carve this stick to send it into the future, which is now their past which she even says is confusing, but she has to do that because otherwise they won't be here for her it's to like carve Hermione the stick. throwing the stone through the window yes. to shatter the jar. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And she had to do it yeah. because she already knew it happened. Yeah, it, 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 it's Harry at the lake saying, I could cast a Patronus because I've already done it. That's that. That's, right. it, it, I knew I could do it because I'd already done it. Um, and, 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 and it's the idea that, again, you're not changing the past um, or anything on the timeline. You're simply experiencing it from a different perspective. You know, it's all about, it's all about when you experience things, not that you're changing it. It's just that you weren't aware of the other things that were going on as they were happening until they happened to you. So yeah, you know, it, it, and, and you know, the, we'll see if that holds, but that everything we've been presented so far leans in that direction that there is just one timeline. 
that nothing is being changed. It's only being experienced. Yeah. Um, so pushing forward the story, uh, and, and we will move at a much faster clip, I promise. Uh, Mac goes for a cigarette. She's down to one. 11,706 BC. Uh, Got to choose carefully, but she decides to uh, go for it. When she is attacked by a native, we eventually learn is named Wari. Uh, I would call her Wari or Wari. I would call it Wari would be my yeah. initial instinct. Mine, yeah, same with But I Wari. wonder if it's supposed to be like Wari, like an inverted Mary. Like we flipped the W. Oh, could or be. Or the M to the yeah. W. Because there is... She's like the Virgin Mary, except yeah. super not a virgin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'll be honest. I, they, I, I was looking at it like Wario without the O. So, um, oh yeah, yeah that, uh, that's, I, I'll, I'll level with I, you. Well, that's how I initially read it, and then I was like, it is interesting that it's like, uh, you know, the 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 four letters, the A R in the middle, and they already compare her in the story to the Virgin Mary. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the three wise men, mm-hmm. although it's like an it's like a perverse inversion, yes, yeah, of that yeah. uh, Christmas story, because instead of a young virgin, it's a young woman who's been abused mm-hmm. by not three wise men but three brutal men. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a clever inversion, and I like that they kind of throw that out there for food for thought, but they don't make a meal of it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's like. Uh, he's not celebrating and dancing all over like, look at this comparison yeah, I drew. Yeah. It's like, it's one page, and yeah. then you move on. But it also it also makes you think about her child, Joppo, right? In the idea that it, in the idea that well, is it, it an inverted Christ figure? Yeah, or or, or just, is it an antichrist? Yeah, or is it exactly? A, yeah. You 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 again because of the the kind of you know allusion to to that to that to that story. It, is he going to be important? You know, why is this baby important? Right. You know, if, if we're going through all this trouble here, um, what kind of role might he play, if any? Um, so I, I think it make, it draws attention to that because um, you start putting those thoughts in your head of, yeah, is he a savior? Is he a destroyer? What, what, what is it? If, if, if this is a strange, you know, funhouse mirror version of the Christmas story, you know, right. then yeah, it, it is, you know, then – one Not the Dickens Christmas story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. um, although there is like, uh, there is something Dickens Christmas story about some of this ghost of Christmas future type talk. There is, that yeah, we get yeah. from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think K- basically KJ mentioned that all great literature yeah. is drawn on in Brian K. Vaughan. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we then meet uh, our previously referenced Doctor Quanta Bronstein. Um, name is a bit on the nose there yeah. with uh, Quanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds like the daughter of Ant Man or something <laughs> because they just use the word quantum like a drinking game in in uh those movies. Uh, but this is the woman who invented time travel. Uh, although she's quickly deflated when she finds other people time traveling from an earlier date and is automatically assumes that she didn't invent time travel, which yeah. is a crazy assumption. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That. That. That she was not the first, you know, which and that really puts your that really puts your your brain into a, a pretzel there. The idea that um, it wasn't invented until 2055, but sometime very far in the future, because heck and Nando are from much farther in the future than that. 
if they then travel to a, a time well before 2055 and someone from that time period then time travels, are they the first? Like, how do we define that? I mean, technically, are they? They are the earliest time travelers, but they were not the first time travelers. Oh, that's but good. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, I made that up, so that's, I hope it is. That's, that, um, that, 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 that's a good distinction. That well, I think. Well, and now they're super the earliest time travelers. Definitely so. Uh, definitely at so. At the yeah. end of this one. Yeah. Uh, 11,706 going forward. Yes. Uh, it, lots of stuff is getting dumped back here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in these like partial tears yeah. and uh seems like they're pulling at the fabric of reality. And by the way, we are not getting our quotes at the beginning of each yes. uh, story. We yes. get a blank page followed by one dot, followed by two mm-hmm. dots, three dots in a line, and then four dots that are scattered uh, and appear to be different sizes, but it could have been an optical illusion. And I thought that was an interesting choice. After having uh, the first story arc, all of them are in the future language. Second story arc, they are all in English. Third story arc, this is a like pre-literate society, yeah. and we don't get any written quotes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get symbols. Mm-hmm. So, uh, pretty clever there. But uh, yeah, Doctor Quanta Bronstein is also uh, Doctor Exposition. Yes, uh, giving us some helpful insights into the future as she's recording for herself. She's the project leader at Apple X. Which, like, are they going to have to change this for? The show, like that's a really this, good question. Yeah, uh, yeah. like they're gonna have to change the Apple. They can call it Apple X, probably, since it's not uh, the same necessarily as Apple. But they're using the Apple logo like straight up. Yeah, that that that'll be an interesting, be an interesting um, choice you have to make. Which makes you wonder if uh, if Apple TV Plus was one of the bidders on this show, if if they were, I, I if, have if, to wonder about if that. they were really in the business of bidding on shows when this was coming up. Because obviously Apple figures so that's heavily. True, but this was bid on years ago. I, that, that, that's what I'm years saying. Years ago. That's what yeah. it, it, it's been in development for a while. So I don't know if if Apple TV was even kind of in that realm yet. If they were thinking about that, because yeah, I mean, it, a, Apple is a significant part. The Apple logo, all of that. Um, it would, well, and it, and you know, so now you've got um, in the in book one you have like the Garden of Eden reference, mm-hmm. kind of inverted. Now you've got the birth story Mm -hmm. of a Messiah Mm -hmm. inverted. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you are playing with a lot of that stuff. It's like, you could just tweak the logo, but uh, it's clearly meant to draw on that to some extent. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the the app, especially in that first arc, um, you know, the Apple is not just the Apple logo. It's, you know, apples are kind of all over that story. So it would, it, it would potentially change some of the, some of the imagery depending on how they go with it. Um, if they remove the Apple device, if that's not the thing that she finds. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it will be interesting to see because yeah, Apple plays a, a huge role. And obviously when, you know, when we meet the, um, when we meet the, uh, I don't want really to call them other than the, the, the three men, God, uh, I don't want to call them like barbarians, or whatever, but the, the three men on their chests, you know, they are marked with the, at the time, the, 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 the three symbols on, any kind of Apple device, right. you know, the power button, the, the the square and the triangle, you know? That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, uh, but we're getting, we have so many good tangents, but the good thing is we're getting them all out of the way. Yeah. But I, I thought, so, so I was turning my page here. I'm literally flipping through the book as I'm going. 
uh, as I turned my page from issue 11 to 12, I noticed the single dot, and that made me remember, oh, yeah, we're not doing the same uh, convention there. Or we are, but it's fitting for this story. Uh, so anyway, they use the translator on Wari. They start understanding most of what she says. Yeah. A few untranslatable words. Yeah. Um, then we see that uh, KJ and Mac are split off from the group. Uh, KJ saves Mac's life with mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. We get classic 80s homophobia uh, at the mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Mm-hmm. Kind of a trope, uh, really, in 80s and 90s movies. Definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, but, I think that was but in character uh, with what people responded to in character with what we've already seen with Mac, you know, in that first introduction, yes. we see that she is fairly aggressively homophobic. Um, so, yeah, that that is while it is very much a trope. It is something that um, you already understand that Mac would react that way. Yeah. So anyway, you, you have that. Uh, and then very quickly, you know, the girls drying off. Uh, yes, I, I just noticed the guy with the helmet is the one that has the power button. Yes, who presumably uh, and, is the leader, you know. Uh, yes, and the three, uh, we'll call them the unwise men. Sure, un- um, I like that. Yeah, the three unwise men get uh, Dr. Quanta Bronstein, knock her out, take her gun, and begin to uh, interrogate her. Meanwhile, KJ and Mac start to uh, dry their clothes out. Uh, Mac worries that KJ is injured when really she is just starting her period. Mac is uh, uncomfortable with this. And I think this is uh, kind of a larger commentary that, you know, we could go deeper into, but there will also be other opportunities. But so much in media, uh, especially like TV and movies, really all kinds of media is so male biased Um that uh, really everything in society, you know, they they sometimes refer to things like the feminine tax uh, because of how much feminine hygiene products cost compared to male hygiene mm-hmm. products. Uh, other things like that, I have not yet seen it, but the movie Turning Red uh, mm-hmm. covers this subject matter as well. Yeah. And some parents are very angry about that. And I'm like, you know, this is part of a coming of age story. And that... Uh, is also another note that that's another subgenre of this series. Definitely, it's coming of age. Yes, uh, it's a collective coming of age. It's following four protagonists. Uh, it's sci-fi. It's time travel. It's coming of age. Uh, kind of fuses a lot of things together here. And I think, uh, well, I think that that's but the, trying to normalize this conversation. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think that's the core of this story. That that you know you 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 see it here and and you see it. Marked through all the, you know, throughout the first three arcs that, that yes, they're in a fantastical situation. Yes, there's this time travel going on. There's, there are things beyond the realm of comprehension, but the story ultimately, the, 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 the big points are, are about these four girls. It's about their friendship. It's about growing up. It's about that time period. Um, and yeah, it, it, it at its heart, it is a coming of age story that just happens to be filled with, you know, time travel and, giant monsters and robots and things like that. You know, that's right. In the same way that um, like saga is like a postscript for Romeo and Juliet, just set in a fantastical space odyssey. Yeah. Saga is a family story. It's a story about a family trying to survive and stay together. That again, just happens to be set in this crazy fantasy world in the middle of a war. But those, that's not the important 
part. And, and as much as we'll talk about these themes that, that, that are introduced in, in this story here in Paper Girls, like ultimately that stuff isn't, isn't what the story is about. It's not about time travel. It kind of, it has time travel in it, you know? Right. Well, Whereas Back to the Future is about time travel. Absolutely. It is a story about time travel. And I love it. Yeah, it's, but, yeah, yeah, it's nothing it's, wrong uh, with that. It's not, not a pejorative. It's just the focus. I think when you can, when you see stories like this. You don't this, want to focus on the mechanics over the actual plot. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you can get lost in that um, as you're reading a story that has fantastic elements, thinking that this is the stuff that's important. Um, but yeah, it, it is a story about these girls. And, and, and having a moment like that between KJ and Mac um, like a really human moment that just happens to be, you know, set <laughs> many thousands of years in the past, you know, yeah. that it is in this crazy setting. Although I guess they're still technically, um, geographically, they're still in what becomes Stony Stream, Ohio. Um, but yeah, just, you know, they're in this crazy setting. Um, but having a very, very human conversation, a very human moment with a very human reaction that, you know, as we see for Mac is, 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 is very much in character with what we've seen about her and what she, what we kind of know about her and, um, maybe what we would expect from her upbringing, um, with specific regard to the other three girls, which we know are all, they're all private school girls. You know, they all go yeah. to, to, they all go to private schools while, you know, Mac is at the local public school. And, and they talk about that, about, you know, the level of, of sex ed that maybe she was exposed to or allowed to be exposed to based on, you know, she talks about her father being like, listen, there's no way he'd let me take a class with sex in the title, regardless of what it's about, you know? So there Which is, is funny that she gets the most prudish yes, yes, family. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But often happens that way. Mm-hmm. And can I just say that in this story arc, KJ levels up big time. Yes, definitely. Uh, saves Max life in the river. Then again, you know, with mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, mm-hmm. uh, then like a good video game, she uh, you know levels up and she gets new gear. She gets some like she gets rocket boots, yeah the the, the, the jump uh, some, boots like anti gravity boots mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and then she kills a guy yeah yeah um, yeah. So she's just leveling up very very quickly here. She also uh, she also gets potentially a, yeah. op. Maybe so, uh, maybe so, maybe so. But she also, she also really gets the first kind of major kind of character revelation in that, you know, uh, her and Mac, as they're trying to get back to, to the other girls, they come across a, uh, a similar looking kind of device or, or thing that, um, they encountered in the first, the first arc. Um, the one that when it touched Tiffany, you know, she saw the flashback of her life and she was playing arachnoid the entire time. You know, this one, um, when it touch, when, 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 when KJ touches it, she sees flashes scenes from her future, uh, or, or from the future, you know, and, and, you know, they're completely out of context, but, uh, you know, they're presented, uh, the same way as, as when Tiffany had her visions and that it's, uh, it's presented landscape. Um, you know, it's, a uh, 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 you know, but again, these scenes are without context. You know, there is a there's a scene of of Dr. Bronstein. Her face is covered in blood. She's saying run. There is a, a scene of uh, of Tiffany, like in the snow, and she's kind of covering her head saying, no, we don't know what that's about. There's the grandfather character. Looks like she's got he's got Aaron hostage and he's pointing a, a very large caliber gun at someone. And he says, I'm so sorry. 
And then there's a panel of Mac that just says, you know, then I guess we do. And then a full splash page of, of KJ and Mac kissing on a rooftop that appears to be sometime in the future, sometime, someplace in the future. And, you know, these flashes come to KJ and she has, you know, no idea what they mean or if they are real visions or whatnot. But, you know, in terms of we talk about her leveling up, she comes to the realization that, you know, grappling with her sexuality that maybe she didn't even, didn't even consider before. You know, she has a moment as she's running away from the uh, the three on wise men when, you know. Right. Per, per, well, I mean, and potentially not even an option before in her previous setting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you remove the setting yeah. and that's, you know, sometimes the barrier. Yeah. But I think, you know, her running forward and touching this with no hesitation. Yeah. Not only shows like her boldness, her craziness, which has definitely uh, emerged, uh, you know, just uh, unrelenting boldness, but also it's another figurative bite from the apple, right? Yeah. It's like anything forbidden or taboo, we're going to we're taking a, a chunk out of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. which uh, has been the theme established very early on and continues to be. Yeah. And at the same time, that's happening. Doctor Bronstein is being tortured. And uh, interestingly enough, starts praying. Yes. Uh, saying, I, you know, I've never, doesn't know who to pray to. Praying to uh, anything, start, to anyone that yeah, might just, be listening. Just, just throwing them out there by name, uh, which, by the way, uh, one of those names you are not supposed to say. So obviously not an Orthodox <laughs> uh, practitioner of Judaism. Well, I think it's very clear that, again, she's, uh, she's just trying to, you know, anybody. Yes. Well, she says, I've never, out there. Yeah. never believed in you before, never uh, pretended to before. Yeah. Uh, but here it goes. But uh, now seems F4. like a good time to start. Right. Now seems like a good time to start. And, and interestingly, her prayer isn't really even save me or stop me from experiencing pain. It's forgive me yeah. for doing this to the world. I just yeah. wanted to understand your creation better. Yeah. Uh, and now I think I may have undone the space time continuum yes. or some, yeah. you know, some, created some paradox like that she's worried about and all of her rest of her life, uh, whether it's years or minutes will be spent to trying to prevent her future self or really her past yeah. self yeah. from having created this time. Uh, but she does not seem to understand how this whole thing works. Yeah. She, she sees it as something that can be corrected because even, even at the end of the issue when, um, you know, after she's been injured, she takes a, an axe to the lower back, presumably, you know, injuring, you know, maybe she's paralyzed or whatever. She says she can't walk. She can't stand. When she tells the girls to, to run, go back to her ship. That'll take you back to 2055. She tells them when you get there, talk to my team, tell them to send like the, the beta version back so they can come get me so we can fix this. So even at the end there in her mind, she's only thinking about this was a mistake and we can change it. You know, if, right. if, 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 if they come back here and, 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 we just and, keep breaking enough times, we'll fix yes, it. Yes. That, if, um, that, that I'm already back here. What's a problem. But if you send another thing back, I can then go back to 2055 and then I can then presumably go back and stop myself. So in her mind, she's still right. thinking I, think I can fix only, all this. Yeah. And her only understanding of time travel seems to come from the Terminator sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or uh, again, which is like the whole premise of Terminator, yeah, right? Yeah. Is the machines are going to go back in time. Yeah. And kill someone that's in opposition for them, not knowing, assuming it will instantly wipe him and only him off the map. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, man, these machines are really not good at this. Yeah. 
but for some reason, the plot of those movies accepts the machine's logic. Yeah, for yeah. How time well, it's it's also very Back to the Future, which we know exists in this universe because Mac references it. But the idea of okay, well, we went back in time, we screwed something up, so if we go back in time again, we can fix it. But maybe we don't fix it exactly the right, but we won't be as bad as it was before. But then again, right. we'll burn the almanac. Yeah, but then the idea of what's good and bad is is relative to who we're talking about here, you know, because. Um, you know, it depends on your perspective on who has a better or a worse future because of it. But yeah, she is very much in the mind of like, um, I made a mistake, but I could, she, 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 even though she admits that her team wouldn't think that, she definitely believes at this moment that, hey, I can change this. Just, I, now that I know what I've done, if I go back and do it again, I can erase all this and, you know, like no harm, no foul, which right. from what we've seen, What's been presented to, to the reader and to the audience, it doesn't appear to be the case. Um, but, but, you know, there's no convincing of her at that at this point. That's, that's her mindset. And, and that's, that's how we leave her the idea that she believes she can fix this. She's, she, you know, she stays behind in, 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 in 11706 BCE. She stays behind with the firm belief that when, uh, this other test ship comes back, I can then, go back to my time and, and we can make all this go away. Um, yeah. And so our girls rescue Dr. Bronstein. Her, Dr. Bronstein's prayers are answered. Uh, although ultimately her, her real, actually her prayer is not answered. Yeah. She gets delivered, but her prayer is to fix this. Yeah. We just explained that's not happening. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Uh, KJ distracts the men, has all three of them chasing her, and while in a panic, what should be about her own life or dying from being chased, she can only keep thinking about the kiss with Mac from the vision. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, which is classic raging hormones. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, uh, and it kind of ends there. The men take the baby. Well, it's a, real uh, quick there, I was going to say, when we talked about it a little earlier, yeah. as she's running, yeah, her, her only thought is like, why would I kiss Mac? And then she comes to this, like, a bang that this, this, but like, she doesn't look abyss. distressed about it in the way that Mac. No, no, no. She, she, she's, she's, she's kind of grappling with it's it. Curiosity. As she's running for her life. And then she, right. she comes, yeah, she comes to this canyon that she leaps over because she has the, the hyper boots on and she lands. And then she has a look on her face of like, Oh, that's why. As if like in that moment, she understands right. why she would, like, you know, why would she kiss a girl? Well, because that's what she would want to do. You know, because yeah. that's who she, she takes th- a, that's who she is. It takes a splash page level leap, leap of faith. Yeah. Uh literally and physically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. that's yeah, again, the idea that these these men are chasing her with the assumed express intent to kill her, and all she can think about is that one vision. Um and by the time she lands, she has come to some level of understanding. Um, which, you know, maybe that's not I don't know how that happens for for for, for, for most people, but the look on her face when she lands safely on the other side of that canyon um, seems to convey some level of understanding and acceptance, you know? Um, and then when she rejoins the group, um, you know, she, she kind of obliquely references it. Mac is mad. Mac is mad too. because, yeah, because, you know, she risked her Which life. Again, unexpected emotion yeah. from Mac. Yeah, yeah. Who seems, uh, you know, so callous and distant, but yeah. really does care yeah. Yeah. about these friends. Yeah. And really... 
and it's, uh, it, friends that aren't necessarily even that close. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we saw a similar thing um, in, in, the, in the last arc when 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 her and Tiffany are kind of going at it. When Tiffany's when Max is like, "I'm not going to die today," and Tiffany's like, "I don't care," and she jumps ahead and she jumps on the like that tardigrade again. So again, it's, we have multiple instances of these girls um, in the heat of the moment uh, when when there isn't really a lot of time to think immediately choosing to defend each other uh, at the potential risk of their own life. And again, as we saw about, they're not like really that friends right now, but I guess, you know, the couple hours they spent together hurling through time, they are maybe becoming closer friends and they even really know yet. But, you know, we, we, you know, we didn't see KJ in the last arc. So we saw those moments between Mac and, and Tiffany, you know, being willing to, to, to fight for each other and protect each other. And now that, we have KJ back in the story. We're seeing the same thing out of her. So just on multiple occasions, it's being reinforced that uh, kind of w- when their backs are against the wall, you know, someone is going to do something that, you know, maybe is ill-advised, you know, maybe at their own personal risk, but they're willing to fight uh, uh, to protect each other, um, showing that there's, you know, that there's something deeper there between these girls um, than just, you know, being pa- fellow paper girls, you know, that there is, a deeper friendship that maybe they don't even know yet, but because of the experience they're having that they're willing to jump in at a moment's notice. Um, but yeah, Mac reacts very negatively. The idea of, of, you know, Hey, you know, what were you doing? What were you thinking? And I, I think KJ responds. They're kind of obliquely of this, like, you know, I, I, I kind of wasn't, it was just, I, what did she say? Uh, she just did what she felt was right. You know? Right. Which is, uh, again, a common theme Yeah, is, uh, leap before you look. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's the great? I won't be able to say it in in the voice, uh, but the great Obadiah Stane quote to Tony is the ready fire aim. Ready fire, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like no more of this ready fire aim business. Uh, and that's exactly. Uh, and that that's the thing is there's at the moment there's no one tempering these girls. No, no. Uh, you know, one of them will lash out and do something, and the other's like, "What are you crazy?" And then they'll take their turn. Yeah. You know, j- diving out and trying to save the others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're all trying to save each other. Um, and by the way, the caveman with or the caveman, the unwise man with the helmet on, is speaking English. Uh, well, yeah. So he um, because the helmet has a translator. Well, no, uh, there's a scene here. Um, they, um, I think he has it from either. Either it's something that fell out of Dr. Bronstein's like pockets or whatever. He has a little translator. So in, um, in the scene where she's being interrogated, um, there's a panel where it's he crazy to me he, that they have te- the translators in 2055, but go on. Yeah. Well, he, he, he if takes, we do, that'd be great. He, he takes his, his, his axe and he, he cuts a, a, a small slit into his palm and he puts this translator. I guess into his into his flesh into his blood and then thus is then able to to speak. Um, so that's a that's a smaller moment. That's that's different than the translator that Aaron took off a of clone. Aaron, which the is the color, one that straps yeah. directly onto his onto onto her neck and, and translates automatically. So maybe it's like an earlier version of 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 that translator. But it is unclear if that because again you know things are things are 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 working their way, bleeding their way back from the future into the past. So it, it, it is hard to say there is just a pile of stuff um, 
underneath the uh, the folding right there, uh, a pile of technology. And it's, an, it's unclear whether that comes directly from what Dr. Bronstein brought back with here or just stuff that uh, they've amassed over over the time, um, just like Wari has. You know, she has a, a necklace full of random stuff that ultimately becomes what Dr. Bronstein uses to make the uh, kind of the, the psychic bomb with the, the Apple interface. So th- that's where the translator comes from. Right, right. Um, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Because I was like, there's no way, because you see him, you see his face and he's not any different than the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, they get the baby back. KJ kills the man with the helmet on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls get back to the space shuttle without Dr. Bronstein. Uh, but the transport is already closed. Yet, when the transport activates, it still hits a certain diameter around it. Mm-hmm. And the girls, as far as we can tell, are all thrown to different times. Uh, yeah, because it, 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 they each have a different color. It is. It is. It is unclear. And it only yeah. follows Tiffany. Yeah. So you know, assume it, it is very Tiffany similar to the end. It's very similar to the end of 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 book one there, where you know we we see everyone in their own panel, but when we come to, we have three of the four girls who are in 2016. Um, and now here, uh, a, a, a similar kind of a similar kind of 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 panel structure of again each girl in their own color in their own kind of warping but now we just follow one of them and now we're with Tiffany um which we find out is on a is is I don't know if it's exactly January 1st 2000 um you know the oh yeah it could be a little bit after could, but it, yeah. it seems pretty fresh yeah it it, it, it does it does we see Y2K which by the way yeah. I think uh you know if you uh, if you're you and I are both college sports fans, when I watch college sports now, it bumps me out. I'm like, no one on that field was born in the last millennia. They're yeah. all born this millennia. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Y2K doesn't make sense to Tiff, who's bo- who's from 1988, yeah. and probably doesn't make sense to every modern reader either. That's yeah. yeah uh, that, that, so perhaps we will open up next episode with a great. Uh, salute to Y2K madness. Definitely. Well, I, well, I'll say right now, um, if you are someone who was uh, too young to remember Y2K, um, the last page of the giant robot, the uh, the giant robot there above the um, the the burning uh, Applebee's, um, that definitely happened. One hundred percent. That's exactly we what happened. All there. Yeah. Yes. There, there were giant robots. Everywhere. Unless you bought special software to protect yourself. Yes, yeah, yeah. Other, which is yeah. what they were peddling yeah, hard yeah, yeah, in yeah, 1989. Yeah. But, but why would you deprive yourself of a giant robot? There's, there's no question. Um, you know, the, the, this is a work of fiction, but, but that page is definitely, uh, uh, you know, there, yeah, the historical accuracy. And you see the robot is careful not to step on Blockbuster. Uh, well, absolutely. Cause, because uh, you know, Blockbuster still a very important knows, thing. Yeah. Everyone knows semi sentient robotic anthropomorphic, uh, giants. Are the distant cousin of VCRs, and you know um, how else do you how else do you get your 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 movies at home if you don't have Blockbuster? Yeah, he, but he uh, he looks like he would be kind and rewind. Yes, definitely. But this is uh, uh, the best twist ending so far, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so because it, it, there's um you know it's one thing uh you know you start in 1988 and again we talked about kind of the the 80s ness of it. Um, and then the, you, you rock it to 
what at the time was present day, you know, 2016. That's when the book was being written and, and published. Um, and so that's just about the, our protagonist seeing the quote unquote modern world, the world that the reader is in. Um, and then you go back to prehistoric times, which, you know, okay, whatever. There's no technology anywhere except for the stuff that has bled through. But now we're in this, this, uh, this relative recent past that again, it, it, depending on who the reader is affects their relationship to, to what they're going to see. You know, for now in the year 2000, it all depends on, on, you know, now you're building on the fact that, um, you know, the, the, it's not just about what was going on in the year 2000, but it's all the lead up to it. Cause obviously they're talking about, you know, Y2K wasn't just what happened in the year 2000. It was the four or five or six years, maybe even longer about the build up. I watched the movie Office Space <laughs> and there's, the guy's job is to update software going through mundane lines of code to, to update the, the date, the uh, year to four years. I, uh, but anyway, I have some feedback for this beat cop. Yeah. He's got a, a burning Applebee's yep. and robots walking around. Why is he harassing a teenage girl? Well, and see, uh, are there not bigger fish to fry? Well, and so this is why I'm thinking it's not exactly January 1st. That is if there's snow on the ground. So it's, it is Cleveland. So you could have snow up until like April, but I, that's why I'm getting set, as early as September. Yeah, that's why that's that's why I'm getting guessing that maybe it's maybe it's like mid February and and this this cop is just like, look, everything's looted, everything's on fire, there are giant freaking robots everywhere. Um, I'm gonna ignore all that and hey, what's this kid doing out here? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on what I can control and maybe that's just picking up the uh picking up the the the, the rando kid. That uh, just appeared in front of the uh, the burning Applebee's. That's true. Although, let me say, even an Applebee's cannot burn forever. Uh, this so is, yeah, that yeah. particular fire has to be fresh. Exactly. So maybe that's what he's thinking. That's what he's thinking. That because um, you know, on the last page, the uh, the Auto Zone and the Blockbuster aren't aren't on fire. So yeah, maybe she maybe he's thinking that uh, she uh, she just ignited the Applebee's. Yeah. Although, again, why would why would a robot destroy an Auto Zone? They need parts. They need oil. Definitely, definitely. Uh, windshield wiper fluid. You know, just basic stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so rounding out this episode, do you have uh, a, a bookmark, a favorite moment, uh, something that you would return to here? Uh, I think I technically I have like I have a favorite moment, and I have like a most important panel to return to. All right, uh, well, which is kind of cheating. Why don't you go? You you do your two picks there. Okay, so the most important one is obviously going to be um, KJ's dream sequence. Yeah, definitely. Um, when she touches the thing, because the first panel of Dr. Bronstein with blood on her face is exactly depicted two issues later. Yeah, yeah. And I think that. So yeah. we have to assume the rest of these panels will come uh, sequentially. Yeah, well, yeah, almost so, sequentially, but you know, the, the second panel is. What appears to be Tiff, Tiffany in the snow. snow. Yeah. And so we don't, right. we don't exactly see that panel, um, at the, at the, yet, at the end of the issue. Now. Yeah. But right. we, we see the same, we see the same color palette. Um, and we, you know, we see the snow there. Uh, we know potentially why she's, uh, kind of crying no, cause she's been hurtled through time again. So yeah. So we're, we're two for two now before this story arc even ends, uh, which, you know, then is a little ominous for, uh, that third panel of, uh, 
of grandfather holding Aaron hostage with, uh, you know, and a, by the a way, very large the third skull. panel is blue. Yeah. And when the girls are sent through time, Aaron's color is blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiff's is purple and her panel is purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron's is red and we don't see a red panel other than the top one where Dr. Bronstein is. Uh, and then uh, we get, uh, we don't use uh, Max Green color. Yeah. We don't see that. We don't see so, that one there. But It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was just flipping through. I have this deluxe edition. I do see that there's a lot of notes on color blocking and stuff in the back. So maybe oh. I'll, uh, I may do a quick in between issue where I review the most interesting stuff from this, or I'll just add it to our notes. All right. Uh, for next issue. No, I think it'd be great. Uh, okay. So I think that's the one that I have to keep returning to because we said this is a staple uh book even if it's not the most compelling one straight through yeah. uh and then i think my favorite is is dr bronstein's uh like kind of hail mary prayer <laughs> because i think uh that's just a great way to show who a character is when you put them in a near-death situation they realize either what their life has been about what their life should be about or what they would do if they were given more time. Yeah. And for her, we get uh, a little bit of all of that, frankly. We get, uh, you know, if I had more time, I would fix this wrong. I'm very sorry for what I've done. Feeling the need to kind of atone for herself. Uh, whereas um, last story arc, we have uh, Mac getting news about her death. And she's now wrestling with her own mortality. And she takes it as a license to do anything she wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's gone completely into nihilism and Epicureanism with it. She's going to smoke every cigarette and take every risk because you can't hurt her for four more years. You know, and maybe that's the difference between, you know, youth and experience. Uh, you know, they, that's you true. know, they, 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 Dr. Bronstein mentions that she was born, uh, what, November 25th, 2016. Um, you know, and, and she comes from, Coming back from the year 2055, um, which I believe, um, you know, is, uh, what is that? 39 years? Mm, don't make me do math on the fly. Yeah, I can do math. We'll call it 39 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, and so when we talk about things that are, are, are you know, kind of Easter egg things there, back in the, back in the, uh, in the second issue, in the second arc, um, in one of our, our small, uh, forays into uh, uh, grandfather and seeing where he is when they arrive in 2016. And it, it's the same scene we, we mentioned where uh, he talks about the problems ahead for, for the country. Yes. Um, when he's told they're in 2016, he makes a note of that was the year his mother was born, you know, um, which, you know, you know, just so now in the next, next arc here, we're, 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 we're introduced to a character who says that she was born in 2016. Um, you know, so is there a connection there? Is something going on? You know, is, is there more to be told there? You know, it, it's something to, to, to bookmark and, and, and think about. Yeah. Well, and speaking of bookmarks, since I'm in my deluxe edition, I just put my bookmark in. Close my book. That is my final thought. Right. Let's hear your bookmark if it wasn't already covered. It, it wasn't. So I, well, I agree with you. The most important panel, the most important stuff is definitely KJ's vision. There's, there's no question about that. Um, seeing how that stuff uh, will, will, assuming they will play out because we've seen it two for two so far. Cause again, they're shown with right. no context. So, and, and, and this is one where to me, this indicates kind of BKV's level of mapping. Yes. Yeah. Because he has said to the artist, 
you need to draw this panel that you're going to have to draw this far down the road. Yeah. Make sure it looks in this issue the way you want it to look. Yeah, yeah. When we get yeah. to it way down the exactly. road. Exactly. We're, we're, um, we're going to come back to this later. So that is definitely the most important stuff. Um, but my favorite panel is, um, is the, is a conversation between Tiffany and Aaron. Um, when Aaron pulls out the translator from the future and, and she says to her, you know, I think this might be some, some sort of translator. And, and Tiffany says, like a babble fish, to which Aaron yes. replies, Wait, you know, you've read Hitchhiker's Guide. And, and Tiffany with just the, the greatest response, which was, we're in seventh grade, Aaron. Everyone has read that book. Uh, which is, 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 I, I absolutely love if that. If only that were true now. I, yeah. I, 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 I hope it is now. And now, full disclosure, I'm pretty sure I read Hitchhiker's Guide in eighth grade. Um, uh, so a little bit older, but, but, you know, that's the kind of book that, um, I, I would hope kids are still reading in, in junior high school and, 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 and reading all of, you know, Douglas Adams is, uh, his work there. But I, I, I love that little bit of, 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 of back and forth. Um, the idea that, you know, you can still make some sort of pop culture reference there and, 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 and have that be kind of a bonding moment between those girls. Um, well, and something that kind of functionally comes into play with the guy, right? Yeah. Like basically, it starts yeah. their equivalent of the Bible fish. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and for those of you who have not read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, as soon as you're finished with Paper Girls, go read that. <laughs> uh, and if you are an audiobook person, uh, the first one is recorded oh. by the incomparable Stephen Fry. Oh. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of Stephen Fry's audiobooks. I, uh, when I went through Harry Potter... Uh, I used the Stephen Fry audiobooks, which I had to buy in Britain uh, because they will not sell them to American Audible audiences. Uh, just totally crazy stuff. And then the second through fifth, is it five or six books in Hitchhikers? I think it's five. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. But all I do but, know is that, you know, it's referred to as the increasingly inaccurately named Hitchhiker's Guide to the Gal- Galaxy trilogy, I believe. So I think it's I think it's at least six. <laughs> I think okay. it's six. Uh, but the rest of them are then recorded by uh, the not quite Stephen Fry quality talent, but still incredibly great pickup, Martin Freeman. Oh, oh. Um, Which is great. Who plays. Yes. Uh, yes. In, in the movie. In, in the completely underrated movie. I just, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I thought most Def's casting was outstanding. Martin Freeman was outstanding. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Oh. Um, that, yeah. I believe... Marvin, Joey Deschanel, and Marvin was is, uh, is, is Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman who oh, is yeah. incredible in that movie uh, as as Marvin, the paranoid android. Yeah. Um, and now that we're dating ourselves, if you want to understand the song "Paranoid Android" by Radiohead <laughs> on the 1996 classic OK Computer, it is a song written from the perspective of Marvin. Uh, the most intelligent being in the in the universe, who's chronically depressed. This is um, I, I really I, I'm I'm very curious if you know we have anyone out there who's uh, let's just, just say all those references in a row. I'm gonna say let's say um, significantly younger than than you and I who you know we 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 talked about Y2K and and you know that's gonna come into play in the next arc. If you have no memory of that and and now we're talking about you know. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you haven't read that, um, you know I, 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 I'm very curious if they're either intrigued or if they've already turned this off and like, who are these old people? What are they talking about? I don't understand. 
Yeah, I hope I hope not because we are just trying to fit the content here. So you know, yeah. we'll read books in the present setting, and we'll you know we'll dig into more current references. But since we're you know hanging out in the '80s with the characters, yeah, uh, we're just basking in the nostalgic glory. And I'll just say, you know, sometimes like no judgment if you've not had a chance to read Hitchhiker's Guide. I realize there's so much more content than there is time. And every year there is great new stuff coming out, but some of the classics are worth returning to, and that would be one of them. Absolutely. For me, that being said, I was born in the mid-80s, mid to late 80s, and I don't really have a lot of 80s nostalgia per se. Mine's 90s. Uh, So there are huge gaps in my pop culture knowledge from the 80s. Like, I have never seen Goonies. Uh, and something something else that yeah well, I get that sound a lot. That's great, folks. Uh, the podcast is now over. Uh, we will that that is that is the end. I, will, I didn't say I wouldn't I, watch it. I just said <laughs> like you know it was like people were over it by the time I was uh, uh, like watching stuff. So well, and so maybe that just speaks to now. I was born in the early '80s, so uh, my pop culture knowledge starts. All the difference. I think it does yeah. because The Goonies is literally one of the fundamental like movies and stories of my childhood um but there's probably like late 70s stuff that's like just the weird gap of it had just faded out of popularity when you were a kid i i, I guess but yeah but then you get older and people are nostalgic for that era and you're like somehow i missed well, that well but 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 for me though that that stuff in the late 80s that i missed right before i was born like that was jaws and star wars you know you know, sure. Empire Strikes like, Back came out the year before I was born, you know, and like, and yeah, Return of the Jedi, events. Yeah, Return yeah. of the Jedi is, I think it's a apocryphal story, but my, both my older brother and my parents agree, Return of the Jedi was the first movie I saw in a movie theater, um, in like 1984, a year after it was released, wow. I was, I was three, so like, so, so yeah, if there are things that I may have missed, they would have been overshadowed anyway by the major blockbusters, literally the formation of the blockbuster. Uh, in the late seventies, um, sure. that came through, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, it is interesting, you know, cause again, the, this Y2K, the, the references are, are, I mean, they were pretty dated in 2016. If you were reading that, you had to really kind of remember what some of that was. And so it'd be you interesting. You had to have been at least 21, 22. Maybe, maybe to, so. In, yeah. In 2016. Oh, in 2016. Yeah. 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 To have understood that reference. And mm-hmm. even then. It's like, I was five. What do I remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, how that plays. Because again, we talked about in the eighties, there weren't, there were eighties references to let you know you were in the eighties, but it wasn't like, again, it wasn't just random stuff to say, Hey, look, it's the eighties. You know, it was just, there were things that would have been present that even if you weren't aware of what they are, like, you don't have to remember the George Bush presidency to see, uh, George Bush 88 lawn sign, you know, maybe you've never heard being shot, you know, maybe you, you've heard about the picture class. Maybe you don't know appetite for destruction, but if you see, maybe you've seen that you've seen guns and roses and you know, that's an eighties thing. So that's what it is. You know, it's not about just being, Hey, it's the eighties. It's just, these are things that would naturally exist and you would see. So, you know, we'll see as we get into the two thousands and specifically Y2K when there are, it's rife for possibility of just being like, Remember what it was like in the not so distant past, you know, uh, th- that, that kind of instant nostalgia. Uh, and especially in 2016, um, you know, when, when we were, it, it, it doesn't seem like we're a lot closer than we are now, but we really were because a lot's happened in the last five, six years since then, since this book was written versus, 
uh, looking back on, on the beginning of the, the millennium or actually at the end of the millennium, which I'll tell you right now as a, as a, uh, spoiler for, for what my bookmark will be. I actually know what it's going to be in, in, in arc, in issue four, in the, the Ooh. next arc. Um, cause it is, it's one of those, it's one of those pedantic hills that I'm willing to die on. <laughs> um, and, 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 and we will get to that, uh, on the next, ep- on the next episode. I, I promise. All right. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. Steady up on your Y2K. Uh, we will come prepared for a Y2K filled discussion. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. You can find us at storiedarcs.com, twitter.com slash storiedarcs, instagram.com slash storiedarcs, and uh, you guessed it, uh, Facebook, find our group, Storied Arcs. Uh, join the discussion and uh, you know jump on the website and uh, let us know if you have comments, questions. Uh, we're going to do a mailbag episode in the future, so after the entire series is finished, Possibly even when the show comes out, which I assume will be still in 2022. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Peace.